0: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Ethan Clasine with the Goal to Go podcast coming at you for the second time this week in April. These uh, structural changes are already paying dividends for us, guys, coming at you twice this week now. But um, I hope you guys liked the shorts I released a couple of days ago, uh, kind of uh, going over the Deshaun Watson allegations. Um in addition to you know some other things, I'm um, you know I'm already forget oh the the draft day trades. My memory is like a goldfish these ga- these days, guys. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, um, I really think that it's gonna start enabling me to start get getting some more content out to you guys at a fairly regular schedule. So um, hope you guys liked the first one. But back again today to send you guys another short. kind of tracking some NFL news that occurred in mid-March. That is fairly significant leading into the 2021 regular season. So since we're still a week out from the draft, I figured I would cover this now. So over the next seven days, we can kind of dedicate to the draft and all of the draft prospects. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, The first item I wanted to cover today... Uh, was about a new media deal that the NFL signed uh, in mid-March. On March 18th, the NFL announced the signing of new broadcast deals running from 2023 through 2033. The NFL inked long-term extensions with current media partners CBS, ESPN, ABC, Fox, and NBC, while also bringing on a new media partner in, Amazon, yes, Bezos is everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, to distribute NFL games across television and additional digital platforms. This move broadens the NFL's reach by bringing on the Zon and its Prime Video customers. Starting in the first year of the agreement in 2023, Amazon Prime will become the exclusive home to Thursday Night Football, a little switch up from Previous years, like in 2020, when Fox News held that role, Fox News, the Fox, um, Fox Media held that role. And then the previous year in 2019, when NFL Network uh, had rights to Thursday Night Football. Uh, big moves by Amazon getting into the professional football media business and snatching up one of the three primetime slots during the week. It seems like they are everywhere no matter where you go. Jeff Bezos is lurking. Uh, the incumbent media outlets, though, they still have a big piece of the pie. CBS, Fox, and NBC will each host three Super Bowls throughout the length of that 10-year agreement, um, while ESPN and ABC will host two Super Bowls. Also part of the agreement will be increased flexibility privileges for Sunday night football and Monday night football. What this means, and hopefully corrects in the future is that we will have more meaningful games prime in prime time later in the season. You know how when you're late in the season um, of years past, it's like December, there's two or three weeks left to go in the regular season, and every game kind of starts mattering for these bubble teams that you know need to win like two out of the last three games in order to make the playoffs, and you're all excited after a big day of Sunday football, and then you're prepping yourself for Sunday night, and you're like, ah, what's the team? What is the matchup again? You go to it, and it's like two sub-500 teams, with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth making the call on NBC and you're like... (laughs) this late in the season, why don't we have like some of these teams that, you know, like I said, are on the bubble and are fighting for a playoff spot? Why can't we just get one of these better matchups instead of having to watch these two dumpster fires go at it? Well, that's hopefully what this new media deal is going to correct. It should provide the NFL with a little more wiggle room to flex in those games with more on the line. Uh, that's for Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, and it's already increasing the flexibility because Monday Night Football in the previous media deal. They were not allowed to flex out games. Whatever they were given at the start of the season, they were stuck with. Um, So it should provide the league with a little more wiggle room to give the consumers what they want and give us some good matchups later in the season. Everybody wins uh, with that aspect of the agreement, I believe. However, the biggest takeaway from this deal Um, Is what it's signing set in motion? And this is the big part, guys, that affects us immediately entering 2021. Uh, And it's the second item I wanted to cover today. Last summer, following the signing of a new collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the NFL Players Union, an an initiative was pitched and agreed upon involving the transition to a 17-game season in future league years. The only caveat is, to implementing that 17-game season was that the NFL had to negotiate at least one new media deal before they could proceed with adding an additional regular season game. Well, that new media deal that was just signed in mid-March opened the door for this possibility, and then yes, less than two weeks after that deal was signed, the owners officially announced the shift to an expanded regular season starting in 2021. Historic news for the league guys. This is the first time in over 40 years that the league has changed the regular season schedule like this. In 1978, they shifted from a traditional back then it was at least 14 game schedule to a 16 game schedule and ever since then, which is 44 years from 1978 to 2021, the NFL has been rolling with a 16-game season. Well, not anymore. 2021 starts, and we are kicking off officially with 17-game regular season. Uh, personally, I'm somewhat surprised that this came to fruition. The owners, of course, have been pushing for expanded an expanded season for quite some time. Any opportunity that the owners have for some uh, money-generating Uh, agreements or opportunities, they typically want to go down that route. Um, They attempted back in 2011 when the previous CBA was being negotiated, they attempted to pass an 18 game regular season, but faced immense player pushback. And uh, that CBA was ultimately approved with no schedule changes. Uh, What changed this year during the negotiations uh, last off season is uh, that enticed the players union to agree was the uh, a the elimination of one preseason game. Um, so previously uh, in 2011 they were thinking of keeping the same four four game preseason schedule, but just adding two more games to the regular season, making a what is that 22 game season excluding the playoffs. Um, and that just did not face, uh, that did not go, bode over well with the players union. So, to mitigate that, the NFL came at them this year or last year and said that they would eliminate one pre- preseason game. Uh, but, B, the big part of this, the bigger part, I think, is that the players are due to receive a percentage of this money from the new media deal in addition to an extra game check for the 17th game. So something that may have pushed this deal over the edge in years past when it didn't get accepted was that the players were enticed with some extra money that they could receive given this new deal. Um, But it's not like both of these developments won over every player in the league. I mean, last offseason, the CBA was barely ratified after a player tally uh, of 1,019 to 959 ratified the CBA and put it into effect. That's just a difference of 60 votes, guys. It's not like this was hugely popular. And if you go back to last offseason and uh, look at the the head storylines back then, you will see players like Cameron Jordan, um, Russell Wilson, and a couple of other blue chip players out there advising their teammates to not take this deal, that it wasn't worth it. Uh, The tipping point. However, that kind of set that CBA over the edge was the younger players. Uh, to, on those season-to-season contracts. There's far more players like that, those younger players, the young, uh, the late-round draft picks or the undrafted free agents. There's far more of those players fighting for roster spots than there are blue-chip players on multi-year deals. And for these younger players, a professional career isn't guaranteed for them. They don't have the security of a Russell Wilson, of an Aaron Rodgers, of a Jalen Ramsey, or an Aaron Donald. They may be, they're on year-to-year contracts, some of these kids are. And all it takes is one bad injury And their career is potentially over. For all those of us that have been watching hard knocks over the years, and all or nothing. Some of these guys are just struggling to make the team, and they're on just like a, a, on a game-to-game contract sometimes with uh, with these um, later round draft pick players. They need to show game in and game out, week in and week out, that they are a addition for the team and that they shouldn't be let go. So when it comes to these CBA deals, if they see that they have an opportunity to rake some more cash in along the way, many of them are going to jump at that opportunity and vote yes. They need to feed their families just like any of us do. So if they have that opportunity, you can't really fault them for it. I totally understand, um, and that's exactly what happened. It, it got ratified because a lot of these younger players that were on rosters that were you know paycheck to paycheck, uh, they voted yes. They they wanted that extra money uh, from the the new media deal. Uh, for fans, the benefit is is more straightforward for us. Like we substitute a meaningless preseason game uh, for games that actually matter late in the year. Uh, The 17th game added, uh, that will feature matchups between teams in opposing conferences that finished in the same place within their division the previous season. So for example, if your favorite team finished fourth in their division last year, they will play the fourth place team of another division in the opposing conference. So here is the divisional matchups that will take place in 2021 for this 17th game. So the NFC East will be taking on the AFC East. The NFC West will be taking on the AFC North. Then the, AFC, the NFC South and the AFC South and the NFC North playing the AFC West. So, for example, my team is the Denver Broncos. They placed fourth in the AFC West. For the 17th game, the AFC West is playing the NFC North. So since the Broncos placed fourth in the division, they are going to be place, are playing the Detroit Lions, who placed fourth in the NFC North. The AFC teams will host the 17th game this season before switching to the NFC next year. And then from that point on, they are going to alternate back and forth every season after that. Big development, ladies and gents. It's going to be interesting to see the ramifications that come from it. Uh, The biggest one off the top of my mind is how this affects NFL records. Like Derrick Henry just rushed for 2,000 yards in 2020, uh, joining a very limited group of like eight or nine other players. Will that still be impressive five years from now? All these other players from this point on are going to have 17 games now to reach 2,000 yards. That's much easier than all these other players that have done it in in 16 games, uh, they haven't. If they're anything like Derrick Henry, who can put up 200 yards rushing, you know, on a, on any given Sunday. I mean, shoot, we could see our first uh, 2,200 yard rusher. You never know. Players now have that extra game to put up more stats and, you know, set new new benchmarks for NFL supremacy. And with the game adopting more of like the college passing style and players seemingly getting better and better as the years go by, it seems inevitable that these once incredible records are going to be rewritten. It just seems like it's trending that way. Um, But we shall see. Oh, and I should mention that the uh, the addition of the 17th, 17th game effectively pushed the sup- pushes the Super Bowl back a year. So typically, the championship game has occurred on the first Sunday in February, uh, but from now on, due to that 17th regular season game, it's going to be pushed back to the second week in February. So for the upcoming season, that date falls on February 22nd, while the Pro Bowl will take place on February 6th. A little bit of a bummer for your uh, favorite host out there as my birthday is February 7th and it has typically, or the Super Bowl has fallen on my birthday before, just this last year actually. Uh, So that is no longer possible. But hey, I still get the Pro Bowl. So, you know, silver linings everywhere. All right. So for those of you tracking league events at home, update your calendars to reflect these new changes um, and we will go from there. But... That is all I got for you guys, ladies and gents. Uh, Not too bad today. Look at that, 13 minutes. That's where we need to be at with these snackable episodes, guys. Just in and out, boom, bang, just giving you guys the news, kind of like uh, dissecting it a little bit, and then getting the hell out of there and letting you guys get on with your day. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate your guys' listenership. Um, The draft is next Thursday, the the 29th, yes. Um, If any other league news comes down between that time, I will release another short and we will uh, dive into it a little bit. Uh, But other than that, if that's not the case, I will be releasing a draft special uh, before the first round of the draft kicks off on the 29th of April, April. So be looking for that, guys. Um, And other than that, that is all I have. Thank you guys so much for listening in. You guys know how much I appreciate it. Uh, Stay safe, mask when necessary, and remember to show compassion and kindness to those around you. You never know what someone may be going through. I'm Ethan Cusine, signing off. Until next time.